Hello everyone out there in uh, podcast land. I hope you've had a brilliant week, month, year and everything is going swimmingly. But as we know as business owners and people that are constantly looking to grow and expand that it never feels like we're comfortable because when we get comfortable we're generally looking for the problem so i hope that relates because that's certainly how i see the world now nigel you're here too in this uh dark room g'day tim how are you mate it's just weird it's just weird we need to get an <laughs> extra light here no really good to have you here nigel but i want to talk about something because um uh all right stop me in my tracks this week uh really stop me in my tracks i was talking to someone that I thought I knew quite well, okay? And this is a person who's growing a business, so, you know, the same as all of us. There's ups and downs and inside outs of um, growing anything we do. So going through all the traditional challenges of every SME. But we were talking about a, a really key strategy that they're implementing at the moment, and it's got a chance to break their business open in a good way, not break it open and everything fall out the bottom. Break it open as in... Um, really change the expansion program that we're looking at. Really, um, it, it could be a life-changing type of move for them. So if they get this right, it's just going to change the dynamic of the whole company, the people working for the company, and, and really their ability to accelerate growth at um, over the next 12, 18, 24 months, whatever it is. So we were talking about this, and it's a – there's been a bit of a test going out in terms of, hey, this is how the business should operate. This is the um, the new way we want to um, sell the business. Here's the new product and services. And then um, we were getting into the conversations. That was all great, really nice to talk about. And then we started talking about some other things that were happening. And what uh, the reason it stopped me in my tracks is this person's got an opportunity to um, have a bit of a game changer. And when we started getting into the details of their week, I started hearing all the things that got got in the way of being able to more rapidly execute what they wanted to do. So they're really keen to grow the business and they've got the plan to grow the business. They've got the steps to grow the business and they're beginning to change the way they operate in terms of pushing towards that strategic model which is great, but when hearing about their actual week, it was probably 5 to 10% of their actual time was spent focused on basically executing a game changer for them. And it made me think, it made me sit there and contemplate what is the actual cost people are putting on their attention? Because I think there's something really in this where a lot of smaller business owners, and we always talk about this SME sort of, you know, from the startup to someone who's been in business for a while but still running a smaller business to someone getting onto the top end of SMEs, whatever it is. But this is actually something that comes up very, very often is what price as a leader are you putting on your attention? And I get the irony of us in here taking your attention right now, which is listening to this podcast learning, enjoying a little bit of light entertainment, but basically, you know, we're taking your attention here. But if you look back at your last 12 months, you've got to ask yourself as a leader is, what have I allowed to get in the way of the things that are going to significantly change my life? So let's jump off the business for a little bit. Let's actually just jump off and look at some of the key areas of you as a person or you as a leader of the company, which is, We've always got things that 
we know can really impact our lives. You know, and we've spoken about it on some of these podcasts. Let's just use fitness as one of them. That we know that if we put an investment into our health, and that's fitness, that's food, that's general approach to mental health, that if we get that combination right for ourselves personally, that we're going to get an exponential boost, whether it be more productivity, whether you're a better communicator, whether you have the energy to develop deeper relationships with not only loved ones but people at work. The, the exponential um, benefit of doing healthy activity is... You know, it, it's there's no there's no debate there anymore. If you get that right, you're going to get a upgrade in your personal life. But we look at things in the business and we look at things in personal life, which is who are you as a leader? So who are you actually as a person, and what gets to steal your attention away from executing the things that are going to dramatically change your life? So what is it? So for this guy, and we we're just talking about it, it's like oh well. I had to go to my cousin's third birthday something. I'm like, who's that? He goes, oh, I've never met him. I've only met him once in my life. I go, you know, like how long were you there for? He's like, well, I was there for, you know, a day on the weekend. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And what about the rest of the week? Oh, because, you know, we had a few drinks. So Monday and Tuesday was a bit of a write-off. I didn't feel quite to it. Then I had to do some catch-up on some client work and I had to do this and this and this. Then we got to Thursday afternoon. I'm like, oh, I still had to do the tasks that were associated with the new plan. So I got to that on Thursday afternoon um, and did a little bit more Friday morning. And then basically from Friday lunchtime, we had a bit of a staff thing. So I didn't get to do much work. And then we're back to the weekend. I'm like, holy, holy moly. I mean, we're talking about something that can significantly change your life and all the things he's selling the opportunity to are low-level things. So your cousin's third birthday, whatever it is, you don't even know the guy. Why are you there? Or why are you drinking to a point where you're losing the first two days? Of course, that threw out his fitness regime because he's been listening to the podcast and he's like, yeah, it's a good idea, Tim. I'm going to do that too. So everything was uh, through a spanner in the works because he was selling his attention to what really going to change his life. And I think... As leaders, we have to look at where are, where are we selling our attention way too cheaply? Where I mean, this could go on for months. The problem is, is he had literally Thursday afternoon to do this work, but why didn't he find three days? Why didn't he rearrange his whole week to find three full days? He thinks he's going to be successful because he's going to chip away at it in tiny, you know, when he gets round to it. So... When everything else got out of the way, he then had time to spend on something that would completely transform his life over the next 20 years. And the, and the cost to take that away from him is so low. As, as leaders, we have to start, not just leaders, as people, we need to start really observing where we're selling our time so cheaply. It is unacceptable to be allowing things that are low level to get in the way of the things that are going to change your life if you're someone out there struggling with where you're currently at have a look at who got to buy your time cheaply this week and it's i'm not saying you can't spend time with family and friends and doing all that but somewhere you're selling your time way too cheaply i mean the old one in in smaller businesses is 
oh, you still clean your office. Yeah, because cash flow's down. I need to clean my office. When do you do it? Oh, I do it on a weekend. I come in or I do this and that and go. The time that you're investing in doing that shows that you have no true value of your time. And it's something we have to consider. I mean, I mean, Nigel, let maybe use this as a, a you know, an exercise here is where where do you see your biggest time sinks at the moment that are non-productive? The biggest time sinks that uh, I have at the moment, there's one would be in travel time. Yep. Um, so that, and I've found as many ways as I can to make that productive time. Yeah, which is a which is a common one. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's something I can't get around. So I've got to make the most of the time. And now with um, the way with Bluetooth and all those kind of things, that's phone call time. Yep. And education time. So but there's there's a certain amount that I can get achieved in there, but. Yep. Um, the other one would be in the admin side of things, just in doing the the daily tasks that I go that I know that I have to get it a bit more systemized. Yep. But I never carve out the time to systemize it, or in the I think you've used this analogy. I've ne- I've never find time to sharpen the axe. Yep. Because I'm too busy cutting the wood at that time. Yeah, and certainly not my um, analogy. That's yep. you know one that's repeated many many times yep. um, in business circles and. And probably every business self-help book you could ever read. But yeah. I, I think it's really starting to analyze this a bit closer. So I want to I talk today uh, to business owners or leaders or whoever you are in life and work and ask you the question, what are you allowing to take, take energy from the things that are going to dramatically change your world? And so most people have a routine that is not serving them in life. And they're building the routine based on how humans function. So let's look around. If you're sitting there on your iPhone now, just have a look around at you, wherever you are. Look around. If you're in a car, have a look in the other cars. Make sure you keep your eyes on the road, obviously. But <laughs> if you're sitting on public transport, have a look around there. Now look at the sheep. They're sheep. And why are you all in the same spot? Is because we've got a convention living in society that you need to behave the same way. And then we're all sitting there wanting to change our life in a significant way, have a different life, not just, you know, nine to five until the point where we drop dead. Have a look around at all the people that are finding comfort by being huddled with other sheep. You know, when you drive down a country road and you see all the animals under one tree and they're all huddled together, what are they actually doing? It's structure. So people or animals, we go at our base level that when we want safety, we go to structure and we repeat it. So me, everyone knows I'm a mad fisherman. I love fishing. How do you find the fish? You identify where the structure is because the fish will be around structure. They don't just swim randomly through the ocean. They go from structure to structure. If schooling fish stay by structure because it's safe. When there's a predator, they can all shield themselves in the structure. And we laugh and go, silly animals. Look how they just cling to structure. And then we look at our society conventions and we look at what is our structure. And the structure is us as humans, we're looking to have different experiences in life, not just be like every other person, yet we do the same things. So let me, let me throw this up. Is why do you start work at the same time every day? Who dictated that? Great. Why do we call it a nine to five? Why is that actually, that's part of our vernacular? Yeah. Where did nine to five come to? 
why isn't it not four till one? Why is it not 12 till eight? And I know some people work different jobs, but I'm just talking as a concept is who's dictating your work day and why has it been dictated like that? Have you ever questioned whether that needs to be the time? Because these are some of the things that when we start questioning our routine, we start to break some patterns and we start to find different time. So for me, I like to be in early. I'm the owner of the company, yet why am I the first one here? I should be fair, Nigel, you're here many times before me. So why am I second here? <laughs> Nigel you're always gets in. the last one to leave yeah. though. <laughs> but I'm always the last one to leave. But it's not about working harder. It's about finding time where I can optimize my um, thinking time or execution time without distraction. Because yes, you've got to support the staff. You've got things that operationally happen during the day that I need to be accessible for at the moment. But I need to find other times where I can get two, three, four, five times more done than everyone else because we've got a group of companies that I have to focus on. I can't just have all my attention on my nine to five duties as a CEO. But that's not just exclusive to leaders. That's exclusive to you as a person. So it's the same thing about where do you find time to go to the gym? Well, you find it in the time that best suits you, that you can make sure that nothing gets in your way. So of course... Naturally, that leads to when do I get up? So who's dictating when you get up? With a family, I'd understand that you probably want to see the family, right? Nigel, you've got a child. You probably like to see your child. I, I would like to see her in the morning, but I have chosen not to. No, but you get back to be able to spend that quality time earlier so you yes. can make sure you spend a bank of quality time and connect with her Almost every single day. Yeah. And that's a negotiation that you had as part of working here, yep. which is this is how I'm going to work. Um, is that okay? And a not okay as in um, can I have permission is this is where I believe I can get my deliverables and that's how it's going to work. I'm like, well, why would I care? Yep. You're getting your deliverables, we're moving forward and you're happier because you're getting that growth stage with your kid. Yep. But others who are doing that are basically selling that time. So to me that would be a high-value commodity for your time. Where others, they're selling that too cheaply. Why? Because their boss wants a 7 a.m. meeting? Is that meeting of value of missing your child's development? I don't know. But these are the things you always must question as a leader because until you take back that energy, whether you take back that ability to dictate how you're best going to perform, you're going to be another sheep. Like I look at why would you ever want to be on public transport because we're in Melbourne here at the moment and the, the public transport is packed from about 7.30 a.m. till 9. To be honest with you, I don't know because I only ever see it go past because I'm well into my work day. But if I have to go in for a meeting and it's, an, it's quicker to jump on a tram or something like that, you say, why would you every day make this your standard commute? I couldn't think of anything worse than feeling packed in like a can of sardines. Just that whole energy of being around that. Why wouldn't you get up half an hour early? Most people go, well, if I'm working for someone, I'm not going to get in there early. It's not about getting in there for them. Surely you can find productive times to do things. And this is the thing. Where else are you selling your time and losing it to low-level activity versus things that will fundamentally change your whole existence over the next few years? So, I mean, of course, watching crap TV, we all do it. But how much of it are you selling because it's a nice distraction? 
I mean, it's no different than, you know, taking medication around just dumbing your brain down. We're looking for ways to relax. Where are you finding ways to wind down before you've got where you want? Now, if you're happy and that's your routine, all power to you. I think that's, I'm the first one to high five. If you've found purpose in your life around that and you're enjoying that and that's your existence and that's what you want, all power to you. Who's anyone else to judge? But when we're looking at making these big leaps in life, when we're looking at making transitions, when we're looking at going after a goal, when we're looking at, looking at growing a company, what are we doing that's actually stealing that from us? And there are so many little things during the day that just steal our attention that we should have worked on something, but we had to work on something else. Oh, if I didn't get back to that person, they would have been, you know, angry and go, yeah, but that cost you so far six months of being able to implement something that will change your existence. And I I really think this is something, Nigel, we have to discuss in in depth because it's it's frightening it is frightening there's really two parts the world we live in now is designed to steal your attention we've got the 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 attention stealer in your pocket yeah we're doing it now yeah (laughs) no i mean isn't that the irony that we're actually yeah wait a minute i feel a bit bad about this now we're actually i think you're going to get some benefit from this so listen but honestly (laughs) we're doing the same thing yeah but uh, those moments are now where you used to have to choose to sit down somewhere as a group to divert attention away from. Now yep. it's in your pocket. Now it's absolutely everywhere and designed to – I try not to keep my phone on me because the amount of alerts and alarms and those kind of things that just go off and with the watches and everything as well, those moments that you steal, they may only be a second or 10 seconds that you're looking at your watch or you're looking at your phone going, oh, that looks great. But – it pulls you energetically out of what you're doing. So it's not 10 seconds of missed time. It's the five minutes it takes you to get back into flow. Yeah. And, and more importantly, it's it relieves the tension before breakthrough. And this is the key to it. You will find that your mind wanders when it gets to the tension before you hit a breakthrough moment in your life to make a different decision, to think about something differently because it wants to protect you from not knowing the answer. So the mind's looking to protect you and make you feel good. That's its default. So protection around don't do something new because we don't know the result. Then when you do it for the first time and you get a better result, it's like, oh, keep doing that. That's a lot of pleasure. But when we're thinking through things like this, your brain then starts looking for how can I distract this body from from what we're thinking about because we don't know the we don't know the outcome it could be. So it could be painful. So let me distract because. The, the mind is such an amazing thing. It's constantly looking to protect you, constantly. Well, your entire body is tied together so that your entire body is geared towards a thing called homeostasis, mm-hmm. which is to whatever foreign bodies or new experience comes into a body, its whole job is to return it back to the state that it is comfortable in. Mm-hmm. So if your physicality is designed for that, so it rejects pathogens and all those kind yep. of things, it only stands to reason that your brain does the same thing. Well, let's look at in layman's terms. When you go to a gym, the byproduct of working out in the early stages is being sore. Yeah. So the body's actually creating a situation where you are less likely to keep doing that because there's pain. And we know that if you find a way to work within a pain threshold for a limited period of time, 
that the body gets stronger. You develop muscle. You develop a new fitness level. You develop a new uh, mental capability. And then you're a stronger human. But you have to go through some level of pain. And in that case, that's literal physical pain of the muscle tearing. Not injury, just tearing on a micro level to rebuild and strengthen. And so the brain being exactly the same, exactly what you said, it's looking for this protection mechanism. Yet what we don't realise is it's doing it before we've even acknowledged it. And before we know it, we've months turn into years, years turn into lifetimes, and we've spent so much distraction time doing nothing that we could have learned a new skill, could have picked up a new hobby, could have made 10 phone calls to reconnect with people, could have just spent some time reflecting on who we are and why we should be happy for where we are right now, whatever it is to get that new level of mental muscle. But the first step has got to be is what, who, who are you, who or what are you allowing to steal your time and your focus at key points? I think that's a key thing. You said it really early on and it actually extended out um, the way I was thinking about this because it's not just actually time. You need structure around your time, but you also need structure around your energy. Who are you allowing to steal your energies? Because you know when you've got that thing that's running around in your head that you're worrying about or that you put off, it steals your focus from all the other things. So you also need to structure, okay, yeah, I might feel bad about it, but I'm only allowed to feel bad about this for 30 seconds, bang, let's go and get back into the game. Absolutely, and this is when we're really talking about high performance is you need to be able to re-trick your brain. You need to be able to have mechanisms like that and games you play that work out, why do I want to feel bad right now? Why have I allowed myself to think about things that are going to make me feel bad so I can't be productive in this period? So why do I want to feel like crap at the moment? Because we're all sort of emotional junkies. So the brain's just looking for that emotional highs and lows. So what are you doing at that point in time that you need to feel protected? Why does your brain want to slow you down right now? Why does your brain want to focus on failure when you feel like you're heading towards success? Why does your brain want to make sure that you don't take that extra leap? What is it that is creating that fear because it's just protection? And I'm not a big thing of fear of failure. I'm, I'm more of the, the, the gratitude of my brain is constantly trying to protect me from outcomes it doesn't know. So it's my insurance policy in life. It's just a hardwired state of protection that I need to be thankful it's there so I don't do anything so stupid. <laughs> but... I've got to also train it that we're allowed to take more steps in the unknown because it's not going to be devastating. So yes, still look out for me in terms of gravity. No, don't worry about me making a phone call where we could be rejected. The gravity is not there. It's not going to be a headshot. It's not over if we get rejected 50 times here as a business owner. But it's also, it's not a problem if I need to do things that right now can change my whole life and the fear of what happens, and I believe this, what happens if it actually works? And this is where I think the brain goes into a big state of complete um, flux is it's the idea that your action right now will work and you have no idea how to handle it. 
not the rejection because I think we all get over that at some stage and I particularly think age fixes that, you know. It's like you see older people like, just don't care anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say what I think. I love that. Like, uh, you know, to me it's like what a great time in life. I look at older people and you're like, that just come out of their mouth? Like power to them. Like (laughs) why would you filter right now? Good on you. But it's for us I think when we're as leaders making decisions where we could go down a certain path that there's a freak out around what if it actually works? So right now, all of us are sitting there. So here's a little test. You're all sitting here listening to this. What's one phone call you can make when this ends that is going to completely change the trajectory of your life if it works? Who would be that conversation? What would be that conversation about? And why aren't I dialing already? What have you got to lose? And so is it fear of being rejected? Or is it fear of I've now set in motion a snowball on top of the hill that I don't know where it could end up, but that's the fun of it. Mm. And that's in terms of us as leaders is working out what are the low-level things that I need to actually start dismissing. So in a business I read it the other day, it was was allowing some fires to burn in your company. Don't try and put out all the fires. Some fires just need to burn and they're going to burn themselves out but they're not going to burn the company down. What you need to work out is what are the fires that could destroy the whole thing quickly or set off fires everywhere else. When we're less experienced, we're always looking to put out every fire because we're not sure which ones are next to the gasoline tanks and which ones are just sitting by themselves and isolated that it's just warmth. It's not really even a fire. (laughs) It's just because everything's burning. The bigger your company gets, someone's screwing up always. Yeah has to be I mean, it's just we're humans but taking a step back and working out where is my attention being taken because basically i find it easier to deal with that than actually go through this this whole transition daily of what my brain needs to calibrate to take the step forward to start playing in game changing actions and it's a really big one Because when you start to really analyze it, you realize, wow, how amazing is my actual brain? It is constantly trying to protect me by letting everything that's not going to serve me in this area take my attention away. It's a fascinating thing to think about. And I just, just speaking to my friend and observing him and realizing, wow, the, the, the protection your brain's giving you when you can have a literally a generational change in your life and you're waiting till a Thursday afternoon to even start thinking about it. It's an incredible, incredible thing because literally you see people go through life, lifetimes of being distracted and then looking back and go, what did I actually do in the past year? What was my achievement? And I'm, I'm not saying you have to be one of these goal-orientated people that setting your goals every you know 12 weeks and attacking it with an axe i happen to be one of those i like that i like that level of um, performance i like that level of stress i like that level of it just that's how i like life i like it to be moving fast and things happening and having conversations that can set off uh, trajectories every single day but a lot of people who feel stuck in particular areas of their life aren't actually doing tiny things to change the trajectory quickly 
And it can be as simple as a, a conversation. But, you know, let me give you that example again. You could make a call right now that would set up an opportunity or a potential opportunity or explore an area or do whatever you want to do. And the reason that you can't make that phone call is because the distraction is coming in from the brain going, yeah, but what if we don't know what to say when they pick up? Or what if they don't give us what we want? Or what if we look silly? Or what if we don't really want that because we're in a pretty good space at the moment and we don't want to muck around with that? And it's all false. It's just protection coming in. It's your insurance policy. You should greet it with open arms and say, thank you so much for producing those thought processes for me. Thank you for when I have an idea to propel my life forward. Thank you, brain, for giving me that insurance policy. Thank you for making me think about 20 different things that I'm not looking at because I know you're just trying to protect me. But now that I've heard it, appreciate it, whack it to the side, I'm still doing it. See what happens. Because then when you push past that point, the brain doesn't think back and start ganging up on you going, I told you so, I told you so. It says, I'm going to try and do it again at the next door and the next door. It only works in real-time insurance. And that's the beautiful thing. Find a way to push forward in small steps but make sure it's in the things that are going to have massive impact in your life make sure it's on a path that's pushing you down an area you want to go in if you don't want to go down that road and you're not sure whether you should do it do it anyway because you can always pull back but these this is such an important part of leadership is making sure you don't sell your attention for too cheap don't sell distraction don't don't sell your goals because you're just protecting yourself from the unknown that's not something we're allowed to do as leaders of companies and people who are putting responsibility in our companies for us to run a good company we don't really get that choice we have to make those decisions because we've signed up for the leadership role i just think that's really important nige because um to be honest with you, I think it takes half a dozen different <laughs> half a dozen different conversations with people to generally change someone's entire trajectory of life. Yet something that seems so relatively small is done by so few people. And I'd, I'd actually argue with your um, terminology there, mm. because if you're selling something, you're getting value from it. If you're being distracted by these kind of things, you're not selling anything. You're borrowing from those other areas in your life, but that's impossible to pay them back. Explain. So if I'm selling my time to X, you're getting a short-term gain from it. But to sell that, I have to borrow from the other areas in my life where I could actually make those impact. And that's not something that I can repay back into that funnel. Well, that that existence disappears for you. Yeah. And it's it's selling, you're cutting off the possibility of playing where you want to play because the the idea and inspiration will come into your head when you're ready. Now, the next step is how do I bring in that into my reality by taking an action towards it? And when you fail to take that action or fail to take the actions to push hard down that idea, well, basically what you're putting out there to your brain, to the world, to, you know, whatever it is, is you're saying that you don't really want it because you've decided not to push hard down there. 
and you don't get a chance to play half in. That space is being carved out for people who are all in. I want to do this and I'm going to push down it because I've made a decision. So most people are just living in indecision. They're living in, I have inspiration and all I need to do is think about it a bit more before I push down. What are you thinking about? Start actioning. If it feels good, go down it. You can always stop. That's the thing. Most people get worried that, well, if I start doing that and I start feeling it out, if I don't go through with it, I'll look silly. And that's fine, but that's how most of the population lives. And then you get 1% of people who actually just go, well, nope, change my mind, not doing that now, great, next thing. Yeah. And the reality is no one's actually watching you anyway. They're too concerned about their own thing that they're being worried about stopping and looking silly at. Of course, their brain's telling them the same thing. Protect, <laughs> protect, don't look silly, look like you know whatever it is for that person. It's, it's just one big game. But as leaders and as people who want to live fulfilling lives – You've been given a unique thought that pops into your brain. You've been given a unique opportunity. That's your superpower. You've joined dots that others can't or will never put those dots together the same way you see the world. You're unique. Now, the problem is you don't feel very unique if you leave it as a thought. Right now, literally go back to that. Who can you call right now and progress something that's really important to you? Let's give it the most basic version. You wanted to learn a language. Great. Ask Google after this. Ask for where the closest language school is. Ring up and say, how do I start a language? Two years from now, you speak that language. Great. It's like the matrix. Yeah. <laughs> the only difference is it's not in 30 seconds. It's in a couple of years doing the work. Because suddenly that leads to, we actually have a Tuesday night class. Oh, I can do that on the way home from work. We do that. We actually have a trip to go to that country to do that. Oh, that sounds fun. Now I get some travel. And then suddenly... Before you know it, you're enjoying a process of upgrading yourself. Business owners the same. Oh, that sounds like a good product. Yeah, I should think about that next quarter. Why? Where can we shoot off an email and go, hey, what would it take to do this to someone in your company or this or that? You start pushing down the, the line when the inspiration hits. doesn't mean you can do everything because then you have to prioritize what's going to make the biggest impact. With this, with everything working, so if you come from a place of everything is going to work, which bit do you want to work first? Simple. Because everything does work. It's like when we laugh at sales strategies because people come and go, what's your best sales strategy? I go, every one of them works. The issue is what's going to work for you by trial and error and adjustment and what you feel comfortable doing. If, if everyone was the same, we'd have one sales strategy. It's like it's, it's amazing, but it's the same with life. It's where people are, I'm not really happy with where I'm at. Great. What do you need to do to change it? I don't know. Well, that's not very constructive. That's your brain telling me you don't want to go down this because now it's become hard. Yeah. You actually have to think about it. So you prefer to have the discussion about why you're not feeling good as opposed to what do you feel is missing right now? I just feel like I haven't taken a holiday. Great. Why not? I don't have time. Great. How do you find time? I don't have the money. Great. How do you find the money? Oh, I don't know where I'd go. Great. Explore it. Speak to people. Copy someone else. But the problem is the answers are so simple that people and our brains don't want to comprehend that how quickly you can change your world relative to the action you need to take. And that's the thing. I mean, obviously, big ideas need time to marinate in terms of placing actions putting constant pressure on those actions and then allowing time to get a result. 
most people will have the idea of, gee, I'd love a holiday. Oh, wait a minute. Let me just watch the news. And then suddenly we're into something else, something else, something else. So that idea went away. So the brain's constantly trying to give you something that will know will make you feel better and we're ignoring it. We're just looking for what's everything I can do to make sure I never change. Yeah. And so you, you end up going out and finding ways to actions that will meet up against your current definition of yourself. Yeah. And then you look around and you're standing with another hundred sheep in a paddock under one tree and wondering why are we all standing around staring at this tree? And it's the same thing. We've got to be really careful of that for those who want to play a different game or at least mentally know they're fighting a different game and they're fighting out their dream. You have to make those decisions and you have to call yourself on the things that you know you're trying to avoid because it's a little harder mentally. So I just think today, for those of you listening, ask the question, what, what price am I putting on things that get to buy my attention from the things that are really going to make an impact in my life because if you can identify them and start to remove them as fast as possible that could be everything from a poor conversation to your phone going off to emails i mean the best thing i ever did was delete my voicemail no one can leave voicemails it's been the best thing of all time i don't have 50 voicemails a day that i have to get back to if they want it call me back send me an email i don't think i've lost anything Maybe I have, but frankly, I don't care because what I've got is a bonus. Like, this is much better. But have a look and have a think about how you can change that as a leader because if you get that right, you're going to find ways to consistently make yourself happier and you get to start changing the trajectory of your life by picking different roads. And different roads are being picked by the actions you take towards the dreams that pop into your head that you know you can then execute straight away. So for me, Nigel... Um, Let's go make a couple of phone calls. 